Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A TARDIS OF ONE'S OWN. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Good evening. Hello. How are you? Uh, well. Well. The last fortnight since we recorded has in some ways... Insert Titanic meme. It's been 80 years. It's been 84 years. Yes, we've had an election. Yeah. It did not go well. Well, I guess unless you're a right well. winger. No, it didn't go well if you like justice. If you have that appetite for justice. An evidence-based policy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the righties came out on top. Somewhere. <laughs> Against all fucking reason. So, yeah, vibes are off. But we grieved kind of a little bit and now we're in a dissociate to cope stage. Yeah, we've decided it's only a three year term. Yeah. So Fuck yeah. what can you really do? And then we just have to make sure that it's only one term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. We have to really buck the stats and make mm. sure they don't do any more than one term. Up to and including sabotage. <laughs> I did have, I, yeah, I have made a lot of jokes about petrol bombing things. <laughs> but if the GCSB is listening, jokes. Just jokes. But actually, if you... Uh... <laughs> Um, fuck. All right. Great start. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Personally, not really professionally because like, meh. But, um, oh, for you professionally. Mm. We'll circle back. But yeah, just like politically like, oh, fuck. Feeling in some ways insignificant and also still angry and sad. But yeah. In other news, it's about to be a long weekend. Whoop, whoop. And so, we have an extra long weekend. Yeah, fuck. And that, that is... That is literally like the the tether by which I'm I'm being restrained above the pits of a mentee bee. Yeah. So and we're I'm clinging seeing a, on. Seeing a lot of you because we've got tomorrow off and yeah. you are very kindly going to come pick me up for my tattoo appointment. So I'll see you tomorrow. Fuck yeah. You're coming over on Sunday for John Wickathon part two. Oh yeah. And potentially Monday Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's a lot of Sophie time. Yeah. Mm. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. See how you feel end of Monday. Well, it depends how my tattoo is feeling, really. Well, More yeah, than no, anything. that's true. No, that is actually true. If you're super sad and you get tattoo flu, I get it. Yeah. I'm well, hoping... so I can just bring you snacks and we can just not talk. I'm hoping it shocks me out of my lingering depression. Because, you know, like, I feel like it's quite well-timed. Yeah, now, yeah, with yeah, everything yeah, yeah, being yeah, kind yeah, of terrible, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, like, yeah, perfect yeah. timing. Legitimate self-harm. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> It's cheaper than therapy. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, I saw a meme recently. Meme. A snip of a tweet on Instagram. <laughs> right. That reminded me of you, which was like, I do passive therapy, which is my friends who've had therapy yeah. give me tips. And I was like, that's what you do. My friend, and I always used to say that, where she'd be like, oh, if someone talks about their therapist, she's like, oh, it's free therapy. Tell me about <laughs> it. Like, as my therapist says. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, fine. Work's been very busy. I cooed too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah. I successfully cooed, and now I regret my coup. Because I'm like, oh no, now I have to do things. But no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, I've gone from having zero direct reports to having nine direct reports. Overnight! Yeah. Lol. <laughs> but it's fine. It's mostly just vibes, which I think is going well. I feel like I've already lifted spirits no, in the week have, that I've like, been leader. Objectively, not just as like your comrade in arms, but objectively you have. Through a measure of professional and banter techniques. Mm. And also, it's great to see a coup come together. Yeah, it's not often. Like, normally we just chat our shit and it doesn't really come to, you know, things like fizzle out or like whatever, but we lose steam. Mm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, follow through, follow yeah. through. So it's been good. I think. I'm on dictator watch just in case you kind of mm. it all goes to your head a bit. Goes too far. Yeah. But I've already accomplished things. I've already gotten one action across the line. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Government have the first hundred days. You've had like the first day. <laughs> first ten days. It's gonna be like revolutionized. I've done a lot of stuff, so it's been good. I'm making people do a PowerPoint presentation, like a PowerPoint party at the end of our weekly team meeting where they have to present something that they're passionate about or just something silly for three minutes. That's quite fun. I didn't think anyone would do it, but on Monday, one of our colleagues actually did it out of his own free will. I wasn't going to remind anyone, but he did it, so now it's a yeah, thing. Yeah, now it's a thing, and we peer pressure everyone else to make sure everyone does it now. Yeah. Um, you introduced the end of weekly meeting two inconveniences and one good vibes yeah and then someone's like two bad things and a good thing i'm like that's the current environment okay yeah. fucking they're lucky there's any good thing don't be toxic positivity yeah all no over i know place. that was a manager as well it's like no read the room sharon read the room <laughs> i wanted people to say inconvenience about work so that we could fix things but instead people were oh like, everyone did personal ones that's fine like that's fine if we got a grief we got a grief but people were like my car is giving me shit i'm like that is not what i meant but okay. oh, i did that too okay next time come to me plant in the audience i'll start with work one set no, of time i think i like the personal okay, okay, though okay i just don't think people would be comfortable sharing but obviously we're a very sherry team anyway it's a lot of work chat um, <laughs> yeah it was my favorite thing is that i have now have meetings with other managers and i will say things about the team and everyone else will be like well my team hasn't mentioned anything about this and i'm like well i'm sorry to hear about your team like fuck maybe your team just doesn't talk to you have you considered that yeah maybe they yeah. are just a bunch of liars other yeah. thoughts maybe they're afraid of authority something that i do not struggle with <laughs> i think also very quickly you're throwing into sharp relief their mediocrity <laughs> By actually doing stuff. Whereas they'll like all talk around the houses and um and ah and then not do anything. And you have to get shit done. And this is the this is the one of the big gripes that people have with that like middle management tier is that it's all meetings and no actual mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. meaningful change. But as we have discussed ad nauseum, there's a real fear of making a decision. There's just so much fears around making decisions and like getting in trouble. And I'm like, what's the worst fucking thing that can happen? You make a mistake, you apologize, you move on. Who cares? Let's go. Yeah. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, it might not surprise anyone that this is a short tenure. <laughs> this is not a permanent appointment. So I'm just in a fuck shit up, let's rock and roll mode. Anyway, great. Great chat. So tell us about our episode summary. Yeah, okay, I will. <laughs> so we watched this week Planet of the Ood, mm. episode three of season four. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, the Doctor and Donna find themselves on the Ood sphere planet in the 42nd century and discover the truth over the Ood's willingness to serve humankind. Right. Willingness. Willingness. No, I mean, I have a question mark. I have an actual question mark because I think like the, the spineless PR woman, she did talk to Donna and it wasn't about the Doctor, but the Doctor was there. So it was kind of like, fine, like he was there, like they were part of it, but there were no like women talking to women. There was lots of men talking to men. There was mm. lots of men talking to men. There was no just women on their own talking to women. No. Nah. So I think it, it was just, it was, it was wall to wall. Borderline. Sausage. Effort, if we're gonna, yeah. 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 Okay. So my discussion question for this episode, very on the nose, but I feel like we kind of have to dig into it. Yeah. And it is, originally it was going to be servitude, but I feel like the Ood aren't really into servitude because... As my housemate pointed out, servitude implies some sort of payment is mm-hmm. occurring. Whereas this is much more in the vein of slavery. But we are also two white women who benefited from slavery generationally. 
So mm-hmm. it's a complicated topic to talk about, but certainly something we can vibe on. Because I think the thing that really stood out to me in this episode is this whole justification of slavery in the sense that they like doing it. This mm. is what they are made to do. They It's like in their nature. It very much reminds me of this kind of, in terms of feminism, this nurturing narrative that gives gets given to women and how mm-hmm. women were kept in the home because like, oh, they just like caring for people. It's just in their nature. Women are caregivers they're yeah the gatherers and they want to nest and make homes and look after people and do all these things they're not inspiring to anything else and of course it transpires through this episode that they are being surgically altered fucking to grim, make mate. them yeah, it is grim docile yeah which you know women were also drugged and medical procedures were carried out against women against yeah. their will and they were lobotomized and all these things happened to keep them docile as well but this is exactly the justification for slavery across the years as well right like generations was this idea that they just want to serve yeah they're happy being slaves when you um first talked to me about this topic you used the word subjugation yeah i think that's a good overarching Mm. concept to come in at that that this idea of the people with the power subjugating the people that don't yeah and that is yeah as you say has happened a lot continues to happen yeah and yeah specifically in the the feminist space like once you get people to the point that they are dependent on you Mm. it is very easy to then be like but this is what they want because they have no other option and like with women is particularly when the man's the man of the household and let's like point out that in a lot of countries this is still the case Mm -hmm. that if as a woman a single woman you can't own property, mm-hmm. have your own bank account, like have a job, like make an independent income, free of stigma from your society as well, mm-hmm. then let alone like drive, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah. Then you you have no option but to remain subjugated. Like especially then when you add the layers of maybe your access to birth control is being controlled, mm-hmm. like over the vast majority of history when that wasn't an option. You've had the number of kids that your husband decided that you were gonna have or you know god did yeah if that was your inclination then you're then bound to the home because you obviously would care about your children and all those things like it's not just as easy just being like oh you can leave yeah like, yeah yeah of course there's the domestic violence angle to consider yeah. as well the you know subjugating women and keeping them control over them well for the vast majority like a lot okay i'm not great on the legal but my interpretation is my understanding is that a lot of like the concept of rape within marriage mm. had to be introduced relatively recently and in some countries extremely recently because you can't rape property yeah yeah like yeah, it's yeah. your it's your own thing you own it so yeah. yeah like and that is fucked yeah that is horrific so like in the the tying it to the episode mm. ood them being in pain them being not okay it's like well it doesn't matter like they're just ours they're cattle they're livestock yeah yeah yeah. and that's the same mm. with abuse of slaves as well right you mm. know traditionally you weren't prosecuted for treating slaves poorly no, you they, were, them. they weren't treated as human beings they like were chattels. just yeah exactly yeah yeah sorry that was a really loud sigh i know jen <laughs> when jen does the edit she has to edit around my size and sometimes it's thinking size and that was a fuck i feel like that was a despair size. yeah 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 <laughs> There is a, I was reading before on the UN's website, United Nations Human Rights website, there is a thing about the unspoken servitude of women in domestic labor situations. And it says Mm. that because women have integrated the global labor market, households increasingly rely on domestic workers to fill the gap. 
domestic workers have also gradually taken up roles traditionally reserved to extended family members or public care service providers. And it goes on to say, you know, people find attempting to resort to the cheapest and easiest solutions. A lot of domestic labour is basically slavery. You know, they get paid minimum wage. Usually very popular in countries where there is high unemployment, so people can be exploited in this mm. way. But it's interesting that this is framed as because women have entered the workforce, there is a need for this domestic servitude yeah. to yeah. exist, to fill that gap. Yeah. Because predominantly, that caregiver role still falls to women so women have to find a way to plug that hole so they rely on other women like it says that paid domestic work is highly feminized sector with women making up 70 percent of the 70 million global household employees yeah 11 million of these are migrants many women driven by poverty find themselves forced to accept working and living conditions that violate their fundamental human rights and we sometimes hear about it here as well about migrant workers who are forced into horrific conditions Mm. to work on farms and picking berries and i don't know what the vineyards and this that and the other kiwi fruit yeah yeah and they get their passports taken away and they're told like well you know you are bringing you over here because they paid for the flights like you already start in x thousand Mm. amount in debt and so you have to work until you break even but then we're paying for you like to live so you're constantly accruing a debt and they just remain in so it's a big quite a recent prosecution actually yeah but. modern slavery right yeah and it, to an extent weirdly happens in sport as well so i think there was a bit of a concern with the french rugby clubs in particular who would go to pacific island nations like samoa tonga and recruit these players to come and play for these french clubs bring them in on really low wages and that same situation where they sort of mm. trapped and there's a big expectation in those island communities as well that you would provide for your family so when yeah. These kids go overseas, they send all their money back home, so they feel like they have no choice but to stay in these conditions mm-hmm. where they're actually not making a lot of money. They're sort of trapped in these horrible contracts yeah. where they're being exploited. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's interesting. Completely, utterly fucked up. But yeah, interesting that that isn't a sphere that you would normally think about that in. Mm. But it's always marginalized communities. It's yeah. always like the poorest communities that people mm-hmm. go to rich people go to predominantly being like oh arms for the poor you know yeah 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 i read a fucked up article recently which was about um that domestic labor in the middle east Mm. and this was an account of someone who uh relatively young single woman from the philippines and being trapped just being trapped in an apartment as a um housekeeper nanny like but with no time with essentially no time off mm. i have have her passport taken you know, managed to finally get out and then went to the went to a reporter anonymously mm. to kind of try and shed some light on these conditions but just being you know treated like fucking harry potter in the cupboard under the stairs yeah. kind of yeah. really a, a second class citizen beneath the children's needs beneath anything and sending all her money home because that was the expect- expectation from her family was when you're old enough, you need to go overseas mm. and work because we can't afford to look after you. Yeah. So you either find a husband, which she didn't, or you have to go overseas and start earning money. Yeah. This whole sending money back thing and this obligation to provide, right, is an interesting element to this that leads to mm. people falling into bad situations because they feel like they have to. Yeah, and I, I will totally acknowledge that that's like a cultural expectation and a lot of communities and countries that i don't have any experience of and i'm cautious to pass judgment on something that i do have a very limited knowledge of but i find any sense of obligation especially mm. familial and we've talked about this before 
to be quite fucked up mm. i don't like this idea of having children so they can do something for you mm. um because no one consents to be born <laughs> like, yeah but i guess if you think about it in this frame of you know subjugation if you're in a society where maybe you don't have options where your options are to mm. either work or get married and then you get married and maybe you don't like you said have access to birth control and you're yep. just churning out children yeah whether you want to or not and you don't maybe you don't even question that because you don't yeah know any other kind of way of life super religious and then you're like well i can't feed you so that cycle just continues because you're like you're old enough now you have to go work or you have to get married so it's just this perpetual ongoing thing that no one interrogates yeah because it's really hard when you're raised a certain way like we find this across the board with like i mean recently politics we talked about Mm. how often people like the biggest indicator of your voting not your income not your job not your education is literally who your parents voted for yeah because people just that's how you're brought up right and so it's really hard to break out of yeah what is ingrained in you as the way to live and when you come from families who live like that and in a wider culture that is like that like and also if you don't, yeah. you know, it's the opportunities that are presented to you. If you don't have the opportunity, if you only ever live in one place and you don't see any other thing or you're not exposed to other mm. thoughts, opportunities, experiences, that's all you know. So how how could you think yeah. about it, you know? That reminds me of an ex-partner. His ex-girlfriend was Colombian. Is Colombian, I think she's still alive. And she moved to England in, I think her, like, mid-teens? was maybe like 14 15 and in colombia they were like very lower middle class like a normal family not rich at all in the Mm -hmm. sense of what the west would say is rich but they always had a housekeeper Mm -hmm. like a live-in housekeeper that's Mm -hmm. something that somebody who is very working class who lives in and and so they moved to england and then very quickly realized like they absolutely could not Mm -hmm. they were still kind of middle class and they moved and had that her parents had decent jobs but definitely not that would allow you to have live-in staff yeah and then there were the whole family had this rude awakening of like fuck we need to do our own laundry Mm -hmm. we need to do our own groceries we need to and we associate like coming from the global west we associate i mean actually maybe after this let's Mm -hmm. get the south Mm -hmm. africa perspective Mm -hmm. but my association from england and then new zealand is like to have staff you have to be really rich Mm -hmm. like really rich like no like aristocracy level in england kind of yeah Um, yeah like you know the butler yeah absolutely yeah that same partner he used to take the piss because he was quite posh and i'd be like did you have staff and then he'd be like no and then was like oh actually we did have a gardener (laughs) like that fucking counts so but no like in-house staff Mm. yeah no so in south africa definitely way more common to have staff and weirdly worthy. So I have to clarify that I am a white South African. My family are white South Africans. They are very problematic people due to their environment. You know, we are talking peak apartheid growing up era people here. So it's pretty fucked up. I'm not going to lie. Some of my family members have very fucked up ideas about society and about life. But there's a real worthiness to keeping staff as well. It's like very much like, oh, well, we're giving we're giving people jobs. But you have to appreciate that these are usually black people coming from poorer parts of the community that often travel very far distances to come into work in white mm. people's houses. 
So I have an aunt and uncle who live very rurally. They're farmers. They have live-in staff. My aunt gets her towels washed every day. She gets breakfast in bed. This mm. woman does everything for her. Do they treat her particularly well? I would say no. They would say yes. Like, you know, they pay her minimum wage. They also have a gardener and all these things. And I used to think to myself, because there's this big thing about white South Africans are very worried about being murdered, especially mm. in farms. Like they, there's a lot of farm murders. This was a big thing in Zimbabwe as well, where farmers were murdered. And I know this is a terrible thing to say, but seeing the way that they treat people, sometimes I'm just a bit like, well, maybe if you treated people like human beings, this wouldn't be happening to you. But th- I know this is very controversial. No, I mean, you, it's the, to reduce it to a, uh, Again, too simplistic soundbite. You fuck around, you find out. Yeah. You treat people badly enough for long enough. And... And that does not justify murder. No, absolutely not at all. Obviously that is a a wrong thing, but you can see how these things build and build and build to a point where if you don't respect people, why would they respect you? Yeah. And this is not always the case. Like, often really lovely people, a really horrible thing happened to them, but yeah. No, again, without those examples, like, typically, if you treat people in a way, you set that as an acceptable way to behave. Yeah. So if you take from the land, take from people what you can get for the lowest amount of money, then you have to then have a gated community because there's lots of break-ins and robberies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you've set this expectation that you, everyone is out for themselves. You yeah. get what you can get. Like, So yeah. when I was younger, we also had a maid who would come in every day. And one, did she come in every day? Maybe every other day. And we sort of shared her with our next door neighbours. So she alternated between yeah. us. And she was more of a friend than anything to my mum, I think. And, you know, my mum sort of supported her. She went through business school. Sometimes she would bring her kid around to, like, hang out with us while she went to school and stuff. And then yeah. when she graduated... She stopped working for us. Yeah. And mum never got another service in because she was like... Yeah, yeah, it was more about the connection with that person. Yeah, and like my grandmother has has always had help as well and continues to have help to this day. Like they, they're paid, yeah, paid support. Yeah. But it's interesting because obviously a lot of people immigrate, a lot of white South Africans in particular immigrate to countries like Australia, Canada, New Zealand, England, get there, realise mm. as your Colombian ex... Ex-partner's ex-partner. Yeah. Realised they can't afford it. And a lot of South Africans that we knew in Australia would move back to South Africa because they couldn't cope with the fact that they didn't have that level of lifestyle, that they didn't have that level of support. Wow. Yeah, like, my aunt could never move. She couldn't look after herself. Like, imagine, fresh towels every day. Yeah. Fuck me. Crazy. I know. But she also also sleeps with... Their bedroom also has a security gate that they lock at night. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) swings and roundabouts. So this is also a problematic link, but I'm going to say it anyway. I know about those security gates and bedrooms because of the Oster Pistorius documentary. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great time. Yeah. I'm going there in two weeks, everyone. Uh, okay, please be safe. <laughs> I've said this to Jen. Like, I, I will fly over and rescue you. But I really don't want to because it's quite a big fan. You can't, like, the flights are at night now. They are. They're very so hard to get there. please stay safe. I need to do my will, actually. I keep saying Oh, my that. God. <laughs> it's fine. I think a lot of this is also fabricated. Mm. I've been interrogating this a lot because my family, as I said, very problematic people. I think they have idealised versions of the past, never mind the fact that entire swathes of the population were fucked over by this policy and they're like, haha, it was such a utopia. Was it? Mm. Anyway, never mind. Park that. Park that for a later discussion. But 
I think there's this real thing about South Africa being super dangerous, and then I think about other countries that I've been to where I did, that did not even occur to me, and friends who go to Brazil and go to Mexico. I don't think South Africa is any more dangerous mm. than Mexico or Brazil, or Colombia for that matter. And yet it's held up in this weird way amongst white South Africans that make me question how bad it is. Yeah, I would say what's interesting is that those countries you just listed don't have a significant entrenched white population mm. Mm. so when it's brown people hurting brown people yeah do we does the global white population care less i also just think there's like this it's kind of like you know in america how there was that weird thing about the replacement theory like we're being replaced by migrants oh my god the great replacement i think that's a big yeah. part of the fucking south african thing because fucking incel yeah but also assholes because if you're white, if you're a white South African, you are automatically a minority. Yeah. And so there's a real fear there. But again, I have to stress: if you treat people like shit, mm-hmm. and they turn around and tell you to fuck off, yeah, you can't really be surprised. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, no, I agree. Well, that's a lot. No, it is. One more tangent to that that you made me think about when you talked about your maid that you had when you were younger. Mm. The the close parallel to that that I think about that that ex partner did actually have one of these, had a few of them is au pairs oh yeah yeah so that they are in that different yeah au pairs can be treated very badly Mm -hmm. but they are typically younger doing it for you know not doing it as a career but more as a short period of time because they want to travel in the country often like i never had an au pair but the the ones i knew of in england were always like german or french or scandi or swiss and they come over to england maybe from when they're like 18 19 like gap years before Mm -hmm. uni just to learn English a bit better and travel a bit, but also like do it a bit more cheaply by living in with some people. Yeah. And that's interesting. There seems to be slightly more, I don't know, it has a different aspect to it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe because that's something I'm more familiar with. So it seems like less weird rather than it being actually any different. Or is it also because it's a class thing? Like the people who are usually au pairs, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're not, not working people. class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like seen as a, fancy thing that if anything you're kind of posh if you do it yeah you have to have opportunities in order to do that in the first place right yeah because you have to have contacts to either through an agency or personal contacts and you're gonna have to to rich people yeah you're gonna need references as well these rich people are gonna want to know yeah that you're from a good family that you're not about to like steal the jewelry yeah yeah interesting it is interesting nannies of course is another example yeah. Thinking about a former manager. Yeah, me too. I thought about <laughs> that too. I've fallen in I don't. I wonder what the nanny... I know quite a few people. I used to have one myself. Who have You have one now. A cleaner mm-hmm. or a cleaning service. Yeah. But that's very different, I think, to the idea of like live-in. Yeah, and I talked to you about the middle-class guilt I experienced <laughs> about having a cleaner and how we, both my housemate and I, have to flee the house, as we did today, because the cleaner called me and he, he was like coming in an hour earlier because I had another job cancelled can I come now and we're like yeah and then we just panic fled the house and he arrived just as we were leaving and we're like bye because we cannot be in the house while he is here but it's great that he's a guy as well because equal opportunities (laughs) yeah that's, I feel like that's a whole wow. other podcast. Okay, um, so maybe we wrestle this back onto the episode. Yeah, shall we? Random observation. Yeah, kind of. Um, the whole dynamic between the Doctor and Donna. Yeah. So she very much takes a line of, I don't deal with your shit. Yeah. So towards the beginning of the episode, we see this quite well with him doing his whole, citizen of the earth, now I 
give you all these amazing opportunities and be so grateful to me. You can see the stars and you used to have package holidays. And then she's just like, walked off. Yeah. <laughs> Good, because it's bullshit. I hate when he does stuff like that. I do love that when, you know, he said that because she was experiencing a lot and he was saying, you know, everything you're feeling, I get that. And she says, seriously, after all this time, and he's like, yeah, why do you think I keep going? I really love mm. that. I love that he's not jaded about exploring or learning new things. He's still mm. really open. Yeah, that is cool. That he still has, like, joy from what he's yeah. doing. And he's seen, we talk about the Doctor's trauma. Yeah, he's seen a lot of shit. He has seen a lot of shit. Is Donna wearing a dress with jeans? Ooh! <laughs> Potentially, yes. Very mid-noughties yeah. and if anything it's like a little bit earlier mid-noughties i would say but then she is kind of older yeah like she's not like in her 20s so it's kind of like i don't know what the i think the wardrobe does her they're doing her a disservice it's very frumpy hey yeah and like even when the episode starts that whole dress i was like fuck is that her bra just poking out but it's actually like this like frilly lace ed- yeah. edge of the straps of the dress and it just looks really matronly yeah. but she's literally our age i think in this episode yeah. like le- maybe a little bit older yeah but she looks like, yeah, frumpy. It's not good. No. Not stylish. No. Not that she has to be. No, but... no, not that. But like, you just have, like, just flattering is yeah. a low bar. Yeah. It doesn't have shape. It's kind of yeah. like when you see some, yeah, when older women get recommended to go to these stores that are specifically for older women, they're always these weird sacks, these yes. colorful sacks. Oh my God. The kiwi fucking sack. For the, for the older quirky woman, it's yeah. with linen. Or if you're like, especially I think also for like plus size women as well, mm. it's like, here's a weird swirly circus tee. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why have you done this to people? You, you just still have, have stylish clothes. All the other clothes in bigger, bigger sizes. Size, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Fucking hell. Oh, okay. So I think this might be a clue mm. that you said clues kept getting dropped. Bees. They're talking about bees a lot. Bees are disappearing. That's come up a few times, so watching that. Yeah. Fully, the Doctor fully does a Vulcan-style mind, mind meld. I know. Mind meld. I feel like that's something they've just handled like, given Like, literally him. wholesale lifted and been like, Doctor can do that too, just like Spock. <laughs> I love the Andy Warhol ood art behind the man. <laughs> I'm like, this is the 42nd century and we're still doing this Andy Warhol knockoff. Like, Style okay. pop art of the ood's. Also, 42nd century, isn't that when Jack was originally around? Like, that's his century Ooh. when he was born? I think it might be. Interesting. Okay, didn't remember that. But yeah, maybe. Was it 52nd? I can't keep track. It's far away, it? yeah. That boss guy is so rude. He's horrible, I hate him. And his dumb, stupid hair tonic, heh heh heh, turning you into an ood. Bold. That was creepy as fuck, though. Like, no, it's fucking creepy tra- as fuck. Transformation. No, I hate body horror. I hate the ood. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate that, not that, like, they're fine, but, like, the look of them. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the, the tentacles, whole. The The red eyes are yeah, creepy. Yeah, and, like, the face is just very, like, over, they're holding brains, Jack. Yeah, the brain. On, not- an umbi- on a juicy umbilical. It's a juicy, <laughs> juicy umbilical. It's so gross when it just plops out. And, and it's all, like, spitty because it's, like, juicy from the insides. No, it's really gross. This episode is really gross. It's interesting that there's that line, we make them better. What is an ood but a reflection of us? Yeah. That is some fucking marketing spin. Yeah. Also that whole like, oh, they have one purpose to serve. Yeah, that's what slavers always say. Yeah. Can we just say, vid phone, and now we live in remote call hell. Like, vid phoning all the time. No one wants this. Can we go back to here and tell them no one wants a fucking video call? Stop video calling me. Yeah. There's the order of communications I want. Email. Text. Or Teams message, like yeah. any sort of text-based communication. Yeah. Phone call, 
face-to-face video call. I fucking hate video calls. Yeah. I only video call extremely close people to me. Like, I'd never, like, randomly video call for a work reason or, like... No. Nah. I hate them. Anyway. Agree. I love that they have creepy voice options like uh, (laughs) weird Alexa Siri. Like, that was fucking weird. (laughs) It was really weird. And also, like, inappropriate when the one that was, like, just like, oh, how do you know? Sexy ood. Who wants that? (laughs) Some weirdos, I'm sure. No offense, we don't yuck your yum. Uh, No, we do. We do. That was fucking weird. Ood are our trusted friends. Ood are happy to serve. Ood need humans or would die. Yeah. Horrid, horrid, horrid. Fully just bullshit spin. Justification for your subjugation. Yeah. And then when, you know, they say humanity defines us, we look to you for our answers. Fucking Oh, hell. gross. It's horrible. Stock- You're fully trying to Stockholm Syndrome then. That they I like did. their captors. Yeah, but I did like the doctor actually giving Donna a bit of a truth bomb when she talks about a great empire built on slavery. And he says, who do you think made your clothes? Like, I feel like we Ooh. we like to pretend that slavery doesn't happen. But as we just said, there was mm-hmm. that case in New Zealand about these people, mm-hmm. these migrant people being held really recently, in horrible conditions, essentially yeah. being slaves. Our clothes are being made, unless you're shopping ethically, by people who are essentially enslaved. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, good, it's a good little reminder it is. that we can't be too high on our little high horse. No, absolutely not. And to check your fucking privilege. Yeah. The other thing, of course, with this is that's particularly grim is that they're breeding them. Like, it's a breeding farm yeah. of ood, like cattle. And then they're chopping off their little brains and making them servants. I'm glad that they drew the line at showing baby ood. Oh. Yeah. Because surely they don't, they start out as babies and then they grow them up to be servants. Yeah, you would assume they would have to start out small. Yeesh. Do they hatch? Hmm. Or are they live born? Are they mammals? blooded? Yeah. I mean, they're humanoid, obviously, because it's humans in a suit. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they could be reptilian. Yeah, they could be. They look kind of reptilian. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's mm. some uh, meta or some sort of Actually, external... Like fanfic. Yeah. Or well, just Ooh. like Ood Extended Universe. Like... Yeah, yeah. The, the Ood CU. <laughs> if anyone knows anything about the Ood's Extended Universe, can you please email me? Because I cannot be bothered looking it up. So, help a girl out. Yeah. Um, Donna can't pick up the psychic singing. No, interesting. And then until he, like, unlocks her brain to it. And then she was like, oh no, no, I do she not want this. She cries a lot. She does cry a lot. Okay, random tangent, but the man, the horrible boss baddie's obsession with his balding. Yeah. Made me think about body dysmorphic things that men get specifically mm. and mm. i accidentally like two nights ago and i forgot to tell you fell into an instagram fucking rabbit hole and came across a bunch of accounts for men doing leg lengthening surgery oh i've heard and about this fucked yeah, up, man. yeah yeah, yeah like, specifically these ones were all going to this one turkish place and like you know when you click on someone's account and they're like oh and this person's got this too and then you find on their account yeah, and then there's yeah, someone else yeah. and there's like three guys that i came across all going to this turkish place and they're not like it's not a couple centimeters this surgeon is going ham like there's this one german guy who's going from like being 172 to like 189 jesus Christ. centimeters so that's like five seven to six two i cannot imagine how painful that would be they are in wheelchairs for months and their proportions are fucked because it's all in the legs yeah so they end up with like proportionally really short arms (laughs) which is something you know all about fuck off okay (laughs) jeff jeff no you did it on the podcast 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. And I'm just like, this is really interesting that there's this really specific thing. And this is kind of unrelated, but that there definitely is really dysmorphic. Yeah. The specifically targeted. Around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About height and hair, hair loss. Yeah. And because, like, male pattern baldness, right? It affects male people more. Biologically male people more. And it's kind of something that you can't really do much about, apart from if you have, like, actual hair transplant, which is very expensive. Yeah. But, like, I know there's some level of, like, finasteride and stuff, which can help, but, mm. like... Most of it is a scam. And, and none of those come without, like, side effects either. Yeah. So you just kind of got to suck it up. Especially, like, my brother, he's my younger brother, but he had a friend, like, when he was, like... 18 he started losing his hair and he like had a proper like old man bald patch by the time he was early 20s Aww, like and it, prince william yeah like prince william and it got to the point where unlike prince william my brother and his friends said to his mate like we need to shave it off it's gotta go yeah 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 my dad had a glorious luscious head of hair until he was about 30 and then it just overnight <laughs> oh <laughs> well really? no no it took a while like he started shaving his head is he bald now oh uh, he yeah, keeps it real short. Yeah, he's got like a number one. Because oh, that photo you showed me when of when you were little and he was sitting next to him, like he had luscious yeah. just like yours. Yeah, no. Mm. Oh, he started losing his hair. Which he well, he didn't hold on to it. He was just like he started shaving his head. Yeah, it's like fuck it. I'm it's done. just be- yeah. gone progressively shorter. The, mm. the buzz cut gotten from a number four to a number three to a number two to a number one. Yeah. you know. And if yeah. he did grow it longer, it would be missing in patches. Yeah, like definitely mm. on top. Yeah, it's interesting. That could have been a whole other topic. Like, we could have just talked about more male yeah. dysmorphia. <laughs> yeah. Specifically. Yeah. Because I feel like there's some interesting things there. Yeah. As we talked about in our gym bro. Yes, we did. Tangent the other day. Gym bros. I think Donna is so naive. She's so naive. Because she says, you know, I spent all that time looking for you because I thought it'd be wonderful out here and I want to go home. Like, what is... What? I know. Like, she's so sheltered and so privileged that she just doesn't think that there's bad shit happening. Because there's a lot of bad shit happening on Earth, my girl. Yeah, I know. And this is like... And what did she think? It would just be like romping to the good places and having a... And then, and on the other hand, we're told that she's been waiting for him for ages and she really thought about it and she's been trying so hard. Like, you think he would sit with that. She's smart. So, I don't know. Sometimes I think that they do her a disservice with my making her a bit two-dimensional. Yeah. But yeah, because that is annoying. I can't deal with the and also like when she like we saw it in the Pompeii episode where she suddenly gets all like we must help them we can't yeah you've got to detach yourself you your role in this is kind of observance yeah yeah she gets too invested yeah she's also wishy washy right because she's like I want to go home and then he says to her do you still want to go home and she's like no like, yeah I don't know and that's like, the bit <laughs> yeah right piss will get off the pot <laughs> but I think we've said this before that you don't want to be the woman who tells other women to kind of be less yeah but she goes from zero to a hundred on the drama mm. and then there's nowhere to go apart from more screaming yeah it's unhelpful it is unhelpful it's unhelpful to crisis. her message as well like yeah. i feel like she's not wrong sometimes but yeah the delivery and yeah. i don't want to I don't, again I, don't, <laughs> I find this really annoying like i would hate for this to be when someone says this to me like think of the optics think of your delivery i'd be like get fucked which we repeatedly do tell them at work when they're like, but the optics. And I'm like, fuck you with the fucking optics. If I hear fuck- the word optics one more time, I am flipping a table. It was the optics that in that meeting that I lost it. And then afterwards got the, Sophie, you need to not go to the red zone feedback. Even though that was like, honestly, I was like a one out of 10 on the uh, rage. You weren't in yesterday. I wasn't even angry. But I was recounting this because one of our colleagues mentioned the incident. 
that came to light in that meeting, Cheesegate 2021, yeah. Yeah. to another colleague who was new, and he was like, oh, what was Cheesegate? And I'm like, wow, let me tell you. Yeah, cool. So I briefed him. Did you say, so I've got a fucking feedback session for being in the red zone? No, I didn't. Oh. But I did tell him about how I got in the lift with our then manager, <laughs> and I was like... Do they want a fucking war? Because I'll give them a war. Because I was so proud. But no one told me off for being in the red zone. Because they were scared of me. Yeah. Anyway. Whereas I think that he felt that I was still... Salvageable is the wrong word. But you were like, still new and the, Yeah, I was Malibu. really new. And yeah. I think that he felt he could intervene and set a tone of like, we want our women meeker. Yeah. And he actually did say to me, you should be more like X, female member of the team. She's mild. always so mild-mannered. So I obviously left that one-on-one with our manager and supervisor, went straight to that female member of the team and was like, hey, apparently I need to be more mild-mannered like you. She did not appreciate that. No. Because uh, you don't say shit like that. Obviously, the, the managers were both men. Obviously. Anyway. The Reds. The Reds. <laughs> yeah, so I think that, you know, I feel conflicted about Donna because on one hand, I like you said, I don't want to tell her how to express herself. But yeah. It is frustrating to witness because it's not helpful. It's not productive. That rage doesn't go anywhere. No, exactly. And I find it like as an audience, I find it quite emotionally stressful when someone suddenly like kicks it right up Mm. and I don't feel it's justified. And yeah, yeah, I recognize that that's a big thing of like, oh, it's not just on my terms, but when it really feels unreasonable, but not from a, like our manager denying there was ever a problem, but from a, this is an issue. And I really think, but this is just isn't effective. Yeah, and it's also, I feel like there's, like I said, a naivety in, involved in that because you are time traveling and you're yeah. doing all these things. So there's a certain expectation that I feel like you should be willing to consider or accept that yeah. you just don't engage with and you just go from zero to a hundred. And this is not normal life. You're going to see some fucked up shit as you consistently have mm. seen. And, like, the whole reason that she didn't want to travel with him is because she saw fucked up shit. And she's like, no, thank you. And then she's come back and she's like, what? I want to go home. And, like, the first sign of, like... It's Anything like, traumatic, yeah. yeah. Oh, another clue. That at the end, they're talking about song and they're talking about song oh, yeah. a lot. Is it about River Song? I can't... No. I remember that River Song is a character, but I don't remember when she turns up. She does turn up in this season, yeah. Woo! Okay, dropping clues. But when... The Ood says, I think your song must end soon. Because we know, of course, this is David Tennant's... It's Ten's last season as well. So, seeding that. Oh! Oh! Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, Massive CGI brain. Ugh. Gross. And then the poor fucking sleeper agent doing the fucking, like, long burn activist. And he just gets yeeted into the brain and juicily absorbed. And... If we had a massive thing fall into our brain in the middle of it, it wouldn't get absorbed. It would do damage. <laughs> and we would, like, lose key functions. But the brain is just, like, num, 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 like a blob and just, but like, maybe eats it. the Ood is returning to its origin. I don't know. No, but it wasn't the Ood. It was the man who was the activist who was, like... Oh, yeah, it was the yeah, doctor. Yeah, yeah, the doctor. doctor. Sorry, so he was wearing yeah. a coat and everything. It, the Ood brain-absorbed shoes. Friends of the Ood reminds me of Spew from Harry Potter. I feel like these are people oh. who have gone in <laughs> and maybe not really thoroughly thought through what they were doing. Rich white boy activists? Yeah. Do the Ood want friends? Not you, I yeah. don't think. They yeah. put their own brains back. Yeah. But then it ends with the Ood free. Mm. Very, and a classic one episode Doctor Who of like, 
got the build up, you've got some trauma, you've got some action, you've got some blah blah blah, and then resolution in like three minutes. Yeah, and it's like, okay, now we're leaving. I'm yeah, sure okay. there Bye! won't be any repercussions. Classic English maneuver. Oh, God. We have freed your society and now we're leaving. I'm sure partitioning this country in half is not going to cause any damage. Bye! Dude, fuck. Okay, that's also, I didn't want to bring it up before, but that is also contributing to the bad vibes, hey? Oi. Yeah. So. Cool. I, I mean, overall, headline, it's a bit of a mid app. Mm. Didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I didn't remember it. I didn't remember it at all. I do find the ood disconcerting. Yeah, they're fucking gross. And I do love that Doctor Who was like, we need to bring them back because budget's short and we've still got the ood outfits. We've got the masks. Let's go. Also, we can make anything look like a random warehouse site planet. And classic, we've had the period. And yeah. Now we have the yeah. future. So the yeah. next one should be a London one. Yeah. I think it actually is because Martha's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. See? It's so <laughs> predictable. Yeah. And let's gloss over the whole hind brain, holding their brain, cut off their brain. Like, we don't. Lobotomy. Yeah. No. Lobotomizing no. them. No. Nope. I. Hated it. Love when they said, are we like explorers or more like a virus? That's a great question. It's a great mm. question we should pose ourselves all the time. <laughs> are we more like a virus? Yes. I would, yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Great. Good vibes only. Ooh, good vibes only. <laughs> We're gaslighting ourselves still. Good yeah. vibes only. We, we have railed against toxic positivity, but now we're leaning into it for mental <laughs> health purposes. But in like an ironic way, so it's fine. That's if anyone tells me, smile more. I will punch them in the neck. Yeah. But for me to say it to ourselves, it's it's, it's satire. It's fine. It's fine. As long as we're self-aware, it's fine. <laughs> Jen's get out of jail free card. <laughs> but I'm self-aware. Cool. I don't really have any standouts. I just generally liked the fact that Donna called the doctor out on his shit. Um, apart from that, no standouts. Okay, I had two things that I really enjoyed. I love that... At the start, the employee is like giving the file to the guy and he's such an asshole, that boss guy. And he's like, the file is irrelevant. And then he gets murdered. <laughs> Great. Love that. It's every employee's dream for the yeah. file to be irrelevant. And Give me the just... stats on the blah, blah, blah. No, these aren't the stats of the, oh. Right? Yeah. That's just living the corporate dream. And I also really, well, it's most, it's not a standard, I don't know. The doctor has this line where he says to Donna, you've had a life of work and sleep and telly and rent and tax. And he's saying it in like a disparaging way that she should be embracing this new opportunity. But it really reminded me of everything everywhere all at once, where at the end, you know, mm. he said, she says, I would have loved the life of doing laundry and taxes with you, where this idea that you come full circle and the mundaneity of life is actually what makes life worthwhile. It's not the amazing things. Like, mm. I love this. The other side of nihilism, the other side of existentialism, which is just like, yeah, fuck it, everything is meaningless, but that's actually amazing. And I think that's a lovely reframe of that moment to just be like, that's not a bad thing. A life of laundry mm. and taxes is not necessarily a bad thing. It's what you do with that. And in that, like, we talked about it before, but in that moment of realising that nothing matters, it means that you are actually free. Yeah that you're released to some degree from that expectation of purpose or mm. pressure. Yeah, I, I think I said to you earlier this week, there are two sides of nihilism that, oh God, nothing matters. And that, ha nothing matters. And <laughs> yeah. it's like wild that those two things can exist. No, it is. And, and I felt that before I realised what it was. Mm. From being very small, I always was raised by like largely non-religious family, but always felt like, you know, not that, that there was any afterlife or anything, but always felt like, that's cool. Like, that it didn't, it meant that this is it and you just do your best and 
Yeah, make it better now. Yeah, absolutely. And also there's no pressure to be like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, you know, am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? Like, it doesn't matter. It's weird to live your life in a way that gives you a a second life later. Like, you have a life now. Live your life now. Like, this is the, what do people say on Facebook? Like, this isn't the rehearsal. No, yeah. But apart from if you are religious, then you think it is. (laughs) Or not even the rehearsal, more the... This is when you're being judged, mm. and then you'll be categorized by your actions. Which is also why I love The Good Place, because they're like, the judgment system is impossible. It's impossible to live this idealized life, because that's not what life is. Life is messy, and it's about nuance, and it's, it's not black and white. And I love that. Anyway. Yeah, I do too, and I've, I have used this multiple times, but I read it ages ago, that the idea of not judging somebody on the worst thing that they've ever done. Mm. And I think that about that, I'm like, fuck, you know, when you make a bad decision, when you just treat someone badly accidentally or, you know, through whatever, I don't think I'm an asshole deliberately, but sometimes you do assholery things. And then I think like, fuck, I hope that that the people they care about can find that grace for I'm not the worst thing I've done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we can extend to other people too, I think. Yeah. Well, okay. Next time we'll Ooh. be watching episodes four and five. So our first double-parter, two-parter <laughs> season four. <laughs> so it's the Santaran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. Let us know your thoughts by emailing own at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram. And yeah, check out the show notes link, but there will be none. Because <laughs> vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibes-based organisms. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Awesome. Good chat. See yeah. you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Love you. Bye. Mm-hmm.